Thank you for coming tonight. I'm just going to read for a little bit. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. Father, I thank you. Thank you for the sending of your son. I thank you for the chance to do our little act of worship here tonight. But as it's a little act, as it's one gathering, as it's one time, it's, it's a little act that joins with the great act of worship happening now in heavenly places and all of creation. So as we celebrate Jesus, I ask that you would bless, bless our singing, bless the words spoken up here. Bless your holy name. I thank you. So Holy Spirit, come be with us. In Jesus' name, amen.
of our Savior. Give me a good amen if you're glad to be here. So we got a perfect Savior. We got a perfect Redeemer. We got a perfect soon coming King. So let's celebrate Him. This is the night. Uh, what a glorious night. Our King comes to earth. Let's receive Him. It's a good time to just celebrate.
Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. 
slain before the foundation of the world. And then you entered the world. You are the perfect sacrifice. You are the one we worship. God, you came for so much more than for us just to have songs to sing and services to, to hold God. You came to save us. a part of the faith family, I just want to know, have you been as blessed and enjoyed this set this year? The cross, the manger, the true reminder about what all this is about. It's not just about a manger. It's, it's about a cross. It's about conquering death. It's about his kingdom's rule and reign here on the earth. This is what it's ultimately all about. So let's sing. It's not just about the manger, it's actually about the cross.
Everything that it means that you have, that you have come, that you came to dwell with us and you live with us now, that this isn't just mere words or, or fanciful thoughts, but it's the reality that we live in. I thank you that you didn't come making your own political throne. That you didn't come just to, to win a, a earthly war. That you came as the suffering servant. You came stripped of, stripped of all the comforts of heaven. be born so that we could we could know and love God and find our way back home in Jesus name amen amen we're going to continue on in our series called anti-christmas and rebelling against culture this tonight, we're going to talk about renewing focus, and I, I don't plan to go very long, but sometimes plans change, but uh, just so you know, up front, the plan is not that I would go uh, very long, but uh, also that you're going to engage in a way that's maybe different than we have here before. And I just want to read a verse as we talk about renewing focus and what we're supposed to focus on and where our thoughts are supposed to go in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on earth. And this is the word of the Lord. Tonight, we're going to take direct aim at another target. Our first target was excess. Our uh, second target um, uh, that we went over last week, I can't think of it right now. Anxiety, thank you. <laughs> I should probably know that stuff. I got really anxious when I couldn't think of it. Um, but our third target is going to be the wrong focus. See, the season of Christmas has largely become about the wrong things, even for Christians, even for individual Christians, it's largely become about the wrong things. And churches aren't immune to this, right? Because uh, I've, I've seen, I've been a part of church cultures where it was like, let's just get everybody to Easter and Christmas, and then maybe they'll get saved and maybe they'll come back. And the thought was more along the lines of maybe if we get them here, they'll come back next week. Rather than, hey, let's, if we got them here, maybe they'll experience God and we'll see them for eternity. Now, uh, to be fair, the other churches would say they agree with that, but I've seen it in practice and I've heard about it in practice that it's largely just like, hey, Come here, and then you like us, you enjoy us, so you come back next week. And I've given up on that. I've found that I'm not good at attracting a crowd, and a lot of times people hear me once, and they're like, I don't know if that guy's for me. So thank you for all of you that come back. 
Like, you're the anomaly, right? There's less of you than there are out there. But we focus on the wrong things. And so that's what the church culture focuses on. And we focus on all things that can be good, but when they become the ultimate focus, and when commercialism overcomes reverence, then we just kind of lose all the benefit of celebrating Jesus. And here Paul says, he says, look, if you've been raised with Christ, so the assumption is, is that if you are a believer in Jesus, that you have put your faith in him for the forgiveness of your sins, that you have been raised with Christ. That's the assumption, that, that you are not simply here, you are here, but you're in some spiritual, ethereal way that we can't fully understand. We are also seated in heavenly places with Jesus. And he's at the right hand of God. So when they're talking about the right hand of God, I think they're talking about this authority that comes with living with Jesus. Us being seated in these heavenly places is living with this authority that we have in Jesus. And then he says, look, so set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on earth. You see, staying heavenly minded is difficult, but it's needed. That we have to train ourselves to not simply focus on the wrong things. We really have a stolen focus. Look, we have a shorter attention span than, and then I got distracted and I didn't finish this sentence. And then when I was looking over my notes, I noticed it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to fill it in because that actually makes my point. Because I was trying to figure out how to say the sentence correctly. Like, I kept writing it, and the sentence didn't make sense as I was writing it. I wanted to say, we have a shorter attention span than ever. And it just didn't sound right. So I was like, okay. So I Googled it, and I was like, does this sentence make sense? And I was going to go to AI, but I didn't want them to steal my brain. And so I just kept... I, so I just kept it, and then I'm looking over my notes, and I was like, oh, I didn't finish that sentence. Look, we have a shorter attention span than ever. They said in, like, uh, they, they've talked to advertisers, and they've said in, in like, 2004, 2005, in that range, uh, you could have somebody's attention for two minutes and 47 seconds on average. Like, they could make an ad that long, and we would pay attention. That's when movie trailers were really big. Now movie trailers are even too long for people. Because now they say that the average time that, that you'll look is 47 seconds before you scroll on to the next thing. We have shorter attention spans than ever. I remember when YouTube put out YouTube shorts, I was like, I'm not going to watch those. I like the full videos. And now I'm on YouTube shorts because they're a minute, minute and a half. And you, then you can go to the next thing. We have a shorter attention span than ever in all of human history. And part of that's that we're too connected. And the more that somebody is in these virtual realms where you can just swipe and click and change and go, the more that we are connected to that, the, the less that we feel connected to people in real life. And it's become a problem. It's how come uh, the younger generations are the most depressed generations in history because there's no connection. How, how much quicker do you check out of conversations that you're in the middle of right now than you did before? Like somebody starts talking and about 30 seconds in, you're like, I don't care. And so you just start going somewhere else. Is that just me? Thank you. I didn't want to feel like a jerk. But not with you guys, with other people, like in the grocery store and stuff. It's if we're in line, if we're waiting for anything, this. I'm in line at the bank. I, an old Facebook post, like, came up from, like, I don't know, like 2010, 2009 range or something like that. And I remember seeing it, and I was like, oh, I was like, the greatest thing about having a smartphone is playing Angry Birds in line at the bank. That's what I posted. Because I would just like, yeah, Angry Birds, let's fling a bird out of a slingshot and have that be my connection to the world right now. Look, we need to be bored. And it's tough. 
Another problem is that steals our focus is we know too much. Like you know too much. You know too much about what's going on in the world. Every time something happens at all, you know about it. Or if you don't know about it, maybe you stay away from it, then you'll hear people talking about it at work or you'll hear your friends talking about it or you'll get a text message that said, hey, did you hear about this? And you know what? Like, I don't care about stuff that happens in Canada. I just don't. It's not that I don't like Canadians. I don't know that I've ever met a Canadian, but I probably like them. But I don't care about anything that happens up there, yet I can tell you about a whole bunch of stuff that's happening up there. Right? I've, I've never been to Asia, and yet I know a whole bunch of stuff that's happening over in Asia. It's not good for you. It's not good for our mind. It's not worth it. Because then I have, to, I have to form opinions and I have to think about things that have no effect on me. There is enough stuff that I have to think about that affects me that I should not be wasting my brain space on things that don't affect me. And yet, how many of us do that? How many of us waste our brain space, waste our operating uh, system in our mind, the RAM in our mind, if you know computers, uh, with stuff that doesn't have anything to do with us? This is not how people have lived throughout all of history. When I was growing up in my town, we had the paper come once a week. It was such a small town and nothing's happening once a week. We used to try to cause mayhem in my neighborhood, like, like su- sufficient mayhem to get, like if we got caught, we might get grounded, but like we wouldn't get arrested, just so we could end up in the police report. Because they would say like officers called to Pine Canyon and th- with reports of this, and we're like, that's us. It only happened like twice, but it was, it was a high benchmark. We talked about it. We have stolen focus, and then when we are focused, we have our wrong focus. Because all of that is true, because we have a shorter attention span than ever, we're too connected, and because we know too much, we spend less time thinking about God. Like if I inundate with my mind with things that are happening over across the world or in, uh, across the country, if I'm inundating my mind with all of that stuff, I have less focus on God. If I'm constantly uh, on my phone looking at different things, jumping from one video to the next, from one tweet to the next, from one something to the next, then I spend less time thinking about God. And I think about a lot of things that don't matter. And because we spend less time thinking about God, we feel further from him. So if you're in a place where you feel far away from God that that your, your walk with him seems stale and dry, uh, t- don't go on media for a week and see how it changes you. Right? We, we spend all this time on stuff that doesn't matter. We have the wrong focus. And because we're further from him, our spiritual life seems to be, and this one I left blank for you to fill in for yourself. Stale, dry, difficult. I'm too distracted. We feel further from him. And now we are in a season where our focus is not, to, is not supposed to be on the wrong things. It's supposed to be on Jesus. It's supposed to be on him. And yet what have you been thinking about the last couple weeks? We have an advent calendar at my house that the kids love to do. But you know why they love to do it? Because there's candy in it. Not because it's an advent calendar. It could be, they could be doing that in July and they would think it's the greatest calendar ever. We have to celebrate Jesus. And so I'm just going to read 
And I want you to listen as I read with focus. If something stands out to you, maybe something, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna read Luke 2 so you've heard most of it before. So if something sticks out to you or if you've heard it and it's hitting you in a, a whole different way, I want you to think about that and remember that in the moment because we're going to come back to it, okay? So I'm just going to read, and I don't want you to read along. So don't have your phone out reading along. Don't have your Bible out reading along. Just sit and listen. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him at the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen as it has been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Linus did that a lot better than I did. I fully admit. But that's the focus. That's the reality of what we're supposed to be if we're being heavenly minded and setting our minds on things above and not on things of the earth. That's the stuff that we meditate on. That one, that one night transformed the fabric of reality forever, and not only reality in our realm, but in every spiritual realm. Like it sent this shockwave, this ripple, that God himself was born in a manger. And so I want to just do something for us to focus on Jesus. This will be fun, but you have to do it. First of all, I'd like for you to take out your cell phones and turn them off, not silent, off. 
You're not important. Nobody's going to be texting you in the next 20 minutes while we're here. So I'll give you a little bit of time to do that. I need some help. Yeah, do you guys know? Yeah, do you know how to turn off your cell phone? I need some help. Uh, kids, can you go around and blow out the candles on the sides? There's some up here, Roman, if you want to run up here. You're welcome. I'm sorry forever lit all of those. Your sacrifice went for a better place. Cass, can you go turn off the lights in the lobby, please? What do I do up here? Do I just hit this? I'm probably on the other side as well. And then can you turn them off in the back too? Oh, okay. I think I got it. Let's see. Got everything? Oh, smarter than I look. Yeah, you can turn them all off. So here's what I want you to do. He came and he was the light. His life was the light of men. This might be difficult for some. But I want us to spend five minutes in silence. Five minutes in silence. What are you going to do for five minutes? Think about Jesus. Whatever what was brought, whatever was brought to your mind when I was reading Luke chapter two, the first question might be, okay, is any of this real? What does it mean that that we believe? that God himself was born of a virgin girl. First question might be, is any of it real? The second question would be like, how can I know? Maybe your next question is, I believe, I know, I get it. What does it mean though? How do I do it? How do I regain my focus? Right now is a good time to have a conversation with God. Five minutes, five minutes, starting now.
Feel free to cough now and sniffle and breathe. You see how long, how long before your mind just jumped off of Jesus? I think mine was like 30 seconds and I had to drop back. See, if that's difficult for you, like I had to fight from getting to see how much time was left on my timer. That's difficult and I'm just, it's just proving the point that I've been trying to make all night that we need to learn how to focus. Coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus One more time I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm going to ask the band to come back up, and if you'd stand. Did everybody get a candle? If you did not get a candle, can you please raise your hand? And if they can see you, they'll bring you a candle. There's no guarantee they're going to be able to see you. So maybe if you didn't get a candle, say, hey. Okay, shh, we have to hear. <coughs> Did everybody get a candle? Awesome. Good job, Caleb. <laughs> you see, he came to be the light and life of men. For all men who would who call upon his name to be saved. Because there is no other name in heaven and on earth by which we are saved. And so we should repent, therefore, and turn back to God so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And then he said things like, you are a city on a hill and your light should not be put under a basket and then we added and don't let Satan it out I'm gonna let it shine and so now we're just gonna kind of signify that how how Jesus brought light to the world and so I'm gonna take my candle and we're going to pass the light to each other. And so best you can see, if you have the fire, you keep your candle upright, and the person getting the fire can go at the 90-degree angle. And I'm just going to start it off up here in the front, and then I'm just going to let it spread and watch it as it spreads.
turn on some lights as to blind people. Good. Thank you for being here with us tonight. 